This is The Business of Life with Jan Arden and Arlene Dickinson, a weekly podcast and radio show. Listen to The Business of Life on demand by subscribing and downloading it wherever you listen to podcasts. On this episode... We're just so filled with gratitude and this is a time for family and friends and forgiveness and it's a new new dawn, a new day and don't, uh, don't lose faith. The best is yet to come, as my mother always said, so... Have a wonderful time with your family and friends, everybody. All coming up with Jan Arden and Arlene Dickinson. Is it ho, 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 Jan, for jingle you this bell, year? Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bell. You sound so much what better a, than me. What? <laughs> Why is what that? A, I don't know. <laughs> you should be hey, a musician. You should try that for I a sh- living. I should be. I, it, it's time to drag. I, listen, I've been listening to Christmas music for two weeks already. It's it's We're well on our way. Um yeah, Christmas time. It's here. It's uh, Costco's had their Christmas stuff out since June, so we might as well get on board. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's so true. It's Literally, so true. it's. Uh, I think. I think their Christmas stuff beat their Halloween costumes this year. I was like, wow, it's October. October 31st is for like Halloween, but they had they had Christmas stuff way before then. I, I saw it in June. I saw stuff. I saw lights in June, and I took. I have photographic proof. Yeah. Anyway, it's going to be a very different Christmas for me this year. This is the first Christmas that I will be on my own, and I'm not even staying in my house. I'm going to fly to the UK and spend Christmas with my friend Nigel and his family in Dorset in, in southern England. And I just don't even know what that looks like. I'm kind of apprehensive about it, to be honest. I'm getting on a plane here in a few days, and yeah, I'm just not even going to be home. My mom's in the nursing home and my dad's long gone and my brother and his family are kind of doing their own thing and my other brother's in jail and so and I'm single honest to god I don't know what I'm going to be looking at this year and are you feeling that you're going to uh, like well so is there any guilt that comes with that is there like how what what's the emotion you're going through well I can't really uh, mom is so unwell now we can't bring her home she physically can't leave where she is she's um since we last spoke is in a wheelchair her head it just looks at the floor so her neck is very bent over it's just muscles that don't engage anymore like alzheimer's just steals stuff every single week uh she stopped feeding herself since the last time we spoke about my mom Mm -hmm. so she can't feed herself at all anymore and she's forgetting how to swallow so we're we're on the road, I think now. I mean, this this could go on for months, but I hope it doesn't. So, you know, part of me is like I should stay here and just in case, what if something happens? That whole thing that that just makes you want to just plant yourself down in case something happens to my mom. And I know she would not want me to do that. She'd be like, "What the heck do you want to sit it? Oh, for God's sakes, go and have some fun." I know my mom would say that. I know she would no more want me sitting home waiting for them to call me than, you know, she just wouldn't want that. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, you know, it's hard. I've got four kids and my kids are all over the place and different families and different spots. And I had to make a decision this year as well. Like I could travel to across the country again and then, you know, see them all in different places and different times and spend my time kind of doing that whole tour but we're yep. getting together as a family uh, for a holiday in January, February. So I thought, you know what, I, I think I'm going to go away as well. So I had a, a girlfriend that said she was going to 
go away. And we're, I think that I'm doing the same thing. And I feel, I feel guilty about it. And then I feel like, I, I don't know, like I just. Why guilty? Well, because you want to be with. Uh, you want to be with your family. You, I do. I want to be with them, but but the thought of kind of going home to home and this sounds so awful. As I say it, I feel horrible. Like I, I don't mean it to sound like I don't want to do it. I do. I love my children more than anything. But just over the holidays, to 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 never be anywhere. I guess Ugh. to never be anywhere, but to be everywhere. You know, there, there's been lots That's of TV no shows about that, you know, where you're traveling house to house to house and, and there's good to it and bad to it. And, and, and I love it because I love my grandkids so much. I don't know. I'm three thinking it. It's all it's very depressing. It, it's it's a, you want to do the right thing. You want to be happy yourself and do the right thing. You want your kids to be happy. You want everybody to be happy. <laughs> Like, and 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 it's almost impossible to make everybody happy. So maybe I'm running away from it a bit. So because I know I can't make everybody happy. Well, the last thing that you want to be doing, Arlene, is just being doing planes, trains, and automobiles, and being in transition to get to where you're going. I don't think it's a really particularly safe time of year to be doing that. A lot of people on the road, you know, a lot of people doing exactly that same thing and coming and going. And I don't know. I think I think you should go on your holiday, and just take time. Christmas is so such a weird time of year. I think it's a really hard time of year for so many people. Um, you know, because it's a reminder of a whether their families are kind of disjointed or they're single or there's it can be so you know, depressing. Some, it, it can be. Some people haven't spoken to their parents in years and years and years and you know, whenever they do kind of force the family to get together because people feel obligated. They're like Let's just get together. I know it's 25 people that really don't get along, but let's force ourselves to sit in one room, you know, have a meal and get into arguments and bring up stuff from the past. And, you know, we, we really aren't with a lot of these people the rest of the year. Christmas is very, um, it's sort of that one time of year where you get people together that you normally don't see. That's what I feel about it. Yeah, yeah. And and I think it's got to be, I mean, what you just said is right. We've got to find a way to get to, Christmas isn't about necessarily, you know, you it's, well, if you don't see people through the year, I guess it's a, an opportunity to, to reconnect with them. But, and it's not about all the gifts. It's, it's honestly, you know, it is about, it is about just reminding all of us to be kinder to each other and more gentle with each other and to show appreciation for each other. And sometimes I get so caught up, like there's so much excess and there's so much that you you lose sight of what it's all about. And I, I know, like I, I, I love it, hate it, you know, I love it and I hate it. I love Christmas. Um there's every part of me that wants to celebrate. I, I still have a religious bone in my body somewhere, and I, I, I believe mm-hmm. that you know it's important to, to, to stop and to pause and to think about you know kind of why we're here and what we're doing. And then on the other side, every place I go, it's a sale, it's a buy this, it's a it's a an expectation. Every movie, you know tugs at your heart about the things that you failed at sometimes and the things that you're good at and the things that you should be doing and the things that you can't do and you you go through this whole I just go through such a roller coaster and you know as a single you know I'm single I'm we've talked about this you know when you're by yourself in particular it can be it can 
really be difficult to be in your own head and feel like somehow, why am I not celebrating it with people? Mm-hmm. So I just finished saying I didn't want to go around to all these homes, to my family's homes, because there's something that actually makes me feel more alone doing that than there is about feeling like I'm getting to spend time with family. I feel like, you know, it's all, I don't, I can't explain it, Jan. I, I wish I, I under- could. I can't explain no, it. You- I do get it. I think when you, you know, you're going to, you know, Carly's homes and with, with the kids and her husband and, and you're seeing these family units. And I, I think it's just a reminder of kind of a place that you're not at in your life anymore. I mean, there's something really romantic about Christmas time, too. And you think about waking up next to a person that really loves you and, you know, having breakfast in bed and coffee or somebody making you a meal and opening gifts together. I mean, there's all these things that really, I, I mean, right across the board, I think it it makes it, it's a hard time of year for everybody and, and for all different reasons. I still think gift giving is really complicated. Um you know, I had this conversation a week ago with a friend of mine about you can't give gift cards because I was saying I'm just going to give, you know, my road manager a gift card and let him figure out what he wants to get. And she's like, you can't give him a gift card. That's so impersonal. I'm like, yeah, but why would I get him something that I don't even know if he's going to like it? You know, he's mentioned it. I don't really have the time to go through the malls and find whatever the hell it is that he wants. I don't know. I, it just—it doesn't seem like anything that you do is the right thing, and everyone's going to disagree with you. What do you think? Gift cards are a bad idea? I don't. Give me a goddamn gift card. I want a gift card. Sorry, I didn't mean to swear, but I did. Hello. You don't. You know, I'm listening to you. You don't want. You don't. You don't want gift cards. I do. Oh, you do. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a gift card. But you just, I, I mean, you said you just told somebody you didn't want gift cards. No, I, I like giving gift cards. My friend said, you cannot give a gift card. It's so impersonal. It says that you're not putting any effort into it. So oh, I that see. Part of, oh, it was that, that you, were getting, you were getting shamed about the gift card. Yes. Oh, you know, like, isn't that like, okay, let's think about, let's think about that for a minute. So... Is, if Christmas is about the, <laughs> if Christmas is about the thoughtfulness of doing something for somebody, oh, whatever. No, no, no. I'm going to actually end up, I think, circling back to agreeing with you. Okay. So, like, and like, my dad always used to tell me that when you gave somebody a gift, it was not up to you to decide what they did with that gift once you gave it to them. So if you were going to try and be generous with somebody, and let's say you were going to give somebody $100, you uh-huh. didn't have a chance. I think we've talked about this again before, maybe, but you don't have it. You I, don't get to say to somebody, well, this is what you have to do with that $100. What do you mean you spent it on that? That's not what I intended it for. So he always said, once the gift leaves your hand, it's over to the other person to do as they will with it, to appreciate it, enjoy it, be thankful for it, and be grateful. And and your generosity now has left you, and isn't that great? You've put it out in the world. So to me, it doesn't matter if you give somebody a gift card, a card, a hug, a, a handmade sweater. <laughs> I'm giving hugs this year. I'm that's giving what hugs. I'm giving me every- too. Uh, or, or whatever you do, that's that's coming from a, a good place. Who who on earth could tell you that that's not okay? Like somebody saying, well, that's not thoughtful. I don't know. I think even saying that's not thoughtful. Give the gift that you want to give. 
darn it's it. not thoughtful to say that that's not thoughtful it's not thoughtful to say that's not thoughtful and <laughs> no but you know what i'm saying like i don't know like some people they get what they get so i don't know if anyone out there wants but, to send me a gift card you can send it to me any old time i will gratefully accept it exactly i can tell you jan that um when we talk about christmas i one of the things that went through my head was the the most valuable christmas gifts i ever got and what what made them memorable to me so valuable i mean memorable um and i there was two things that i remember as a child because we were we again we didn't have anything i remember two gifts that i got as a child one one christmas my mom and dad bought me an aesop's fairy tale book and mm. and i read that book and every single fairy tale in that book a thousand times and i thought i had I had been given this gift of a book. I was I love reading. It was a to us a book was expensive back then. It was something that I, you know, had color pictures in it and it had all the fairy tales and I could read all of, you know, all these different fairy tales and get lost in them. And I I'll never forget that gift. And then as I got a little bit older, I got my dad went out um I we were again without much money and he went out and bought me a Timex watch. And wow. he gave me this Timex watch. It actually almost makes me cry talking about it. He, it, had, it was $17. He had paid $17 for this watch. And he left the price tag in there because he wanted me to appreciate. Like he, he said he didn't. I, I actually, let me take that back. I don't think he left it there on purpose. But I think when I saw it, like I super appreciated the fact that that was so much money. And now, you know, as I say, I don't think he left it there on purpose. Probably knowing my dad, who was always teaching lessons he probably did leave it in there on purpose so that i would mm-hmm. realize that that was you know a lot a little of bit of both right yeah a little bit of both but those two things that that 17 dollar timex watch and that that fairy tale book those and, and and i can remember our christmas tree we always used to have to tie it at the top to the side of the wall so it wouldn't fall <laughs> over because we never had a, a proper stand for it and yeah. i remember hanging tinsel remember the old tinsel that had metal yes. in it that used to hang on the tree and you we had to- a cat that crapped that out all the time <laughs> every christmas our cat was crapping out tinsel i mean just fyi it was very colorful beautiful looking poo i, I have I'm to say i'm giving a beautiful story and you're going to talk about a cat crapping out tinsel no but, no but, but it was it was my <laughs> <laughs> no, there was always, and, and mandarin oranges, being able to oh. get a box of mandarin oranges and candy canes that we'd hang on the tree. And we couldn't wait to eat the candy canes off the tree because they were real yeah. candy canes. And all of these things that, you know, oh, do you remember making popcorn balls with yes. with, with corn syrup? and, and making, So fun. Oh, they were so delicious and so good. So those those little sparks of memory of Christmas. Bits of time. Yes. Time that people give you. But I mean, I'm with you. It, it wasn't about big things, was it? No. And, and since then, you know, people have given me gifts that are very valuable, and very expensive. And they've given me gifts that, you know, were 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 nice, beautiful gifts, but not not full of love and thought. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, somebody wants to give me a, a jar full of homemade uh you know, popcorn or or a recipe the from best. their parents or their mom that they are passing Just down. Just the best. The best. So you don't have to spend money. And I hope as people are listening to this... You, well, now I feel bad about my gift cards. No, gift cards are fine. I think gift cards are fine. My point is that it is in the giving, but that don't expect to... Really, it's a it's in the giving. It's in the giving. My friend Stephanie, she when I went on my tour, th- I went through the Kootenays in November. So she gave me my Christmas present 
to take home then because, you know, we live seven hours apart and I won't see her at Christmas. But Stephanie, I always love getting her a little gift. She goes, you can open it now. I know you can't wait. And I, I couldn't wait because, I, I, you know, I wasn't going to be home for another month. But she cans. She does canning. Mm-hmm. And she made hot sauce this year, her own hot sauce. I'm so excited about that hot sauce. She gave me six hard-boiled eggs from her chickens that she just covered. She goes, that took me like a long time to gather those eggs up because she's there's one hen that's only laying one egg a day. She goes, so we really covet those eggs. And I thought that meant so much to me. She didn't say it to be mean. She just said it like, God, I wanted to give you a dozen, but the damn chicken only laid <laughs> one egg every day this last week. And she hard-boiled them so I could take them on the road. And then she gave me a jar of this chow-chow relish that is all the vegetables out of her garden that she cuts up by hand. Oh, wow. And she just she just writes on the lid with Sharpie. And I just treasure that so much that she made these things. She goes, I know it's not much. I said, Stephanie, this is like the best thing ever, 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 bar none. Um, you were talking about the Mandarin oranges and, uh, oranges, and it just made me go down this time tunnel. Our favorite things at Christmas was the stockings. And there really mm-hmm. wasn't even much in there. Like, my parents were broke, too. Yeah. Yeah, so we got an orange in the toe all the time, and then we got a book of Lifesavers. Yes! And oh, my gosh, Chad, I so remember <laughs> those. Those were... <laughs> and I yes, and we would we do all these too. trades. Yeah. So my little brothers and I, we all... My, my little brother, my older brother, we all like different flavors, so... You know, we'd we'd trade off our wintergreen for the butterscotch, and we always did. We, I remember sitting at the kitchen table and doing the Book of Lifesaver trades, and we'd all get what we wanted. But I just meant oh, so and much. after eight mints. Sorry to interrupt you. I'm sorry. You yeah, got the after eights. Yeah. Um, you know, Dad would always go buy like a few boxes of chocolates. Um, from this this place called Olivier's in yes. Calgary. Yes. Oh my goodness. Do you remember that? Yes, with all the cream, like the strawberry oh, cream and the, and the coffee cream. And, and then I never yes. liked the coffee cream, but all the, re- you know, like who got the caramel? Because there's only ever one yep. tick caramel in the whole box. It was like the, you know, like So those little things. And mom would make, um, I remember her going to the co-op and buying all this generic cereal because it was cheaper. And she would make homemade nuts and bolts yes we used to do that too I, oh, now you're making me go down i just lane. i i'm i'm actually i just I'm, I'm getting hungry thinking about it but just having these homemade nuts and bolts and mm-hmm. there would be these massive bags and she never really admonished us from like slapping our hands away she just we just ate as much as we could you know she it was like garlic powder and olive oil and salt and paprika and cayenne and all these spices yep. yeah and, and soy sauce everywhere some soy sauce like there was yes. Worcestershire sauce not soy sauce Worcestershire so sauce so that's that's what christmas is to me and i think that's what yeah. i what i miss because you know obviously the the whole idea of Christmas is passed on to your kids. I mean, you have to pick up the torch and run with it. But I don't do any of those things for myself. So as I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm like, I should make nuts and bolts this year. I've got the recipe. I should make my grandmother's ginger snaps and give them to my friends. Um, It was those little things. We got a hockey stick every year, Arlene, and every year mom and dad wrapped them. And we would laugh. She goes, I wonder what that is under the tree. And it was a damn hockey stick. And we would play with those hockey sticks until they were like nothing left of them. We'd play out in the yard. We didn't even have an ice rink to go to. We just played out in the driveway. So those are the things that that just really resonate for me of how simple it was. It wasn't about anything. It wasn't about, I mean, we knew what we were going to get almost every year. But yeah, it's 
It is going to be hard for me this year. I have to be honest. I'm 56 years old. You'd think I could be all grown up and adult about it, but I'm going to lament about things that are gone and things that are past and and how how do you move forward? How do you create new new things for yourself, you know, new traditions. You know, maybe that's the word I'm looking for. How how do you create new traditions, Arlene? So when you talk about traditions, Jan, and and finding new ones, yeah, I was I was also kind of going down memory lane and certainly remembered all the things that you talked about. I think we we shared a lot of similarities in in our childhood in terms of what was important and what Christmases meant. When my kids were little, I you know again I, I keep coming back to this, but we didn't have a lot of money, and I didn't couldn't afford to buy gifts for people. So I would make homemade chocolates and cookies. So I would do two things: I would cook, like I would make. Like, you know, the the thumbprint jam, thumbprint cookies that you put your thumb in the middle and you put a little bit of jam in and shortbread cookies and ginger snaps and sugar cookies and and that. But I would then make boxes of chocolates. So I've gone to a chocolate class with a a lady who made chocolate uh, for a living and she taught me how to make homemade chocolates and so you'd get the big huge slabs of Bernard Calibo chocolate Mm. you know like huge slabs and then you would melt it down and temper it all on a piece of really cold marble or some sort of a, a cold surface oh just the sidewalk outside would work fine Arlene on a cold day and then I and then we would and then you'd make all these different fillings so everything from scratch from you know like maraschino cherries to strawberry cream to everything and I would make that up and I would I would put them in boxes that uh, you know you could go and get you can go and buy chocolate candy boxes and I would give those out and as I sit here thinking about how you know, and again, I would make. I'd also make popcorn and all of those things because we didn't have money. And then later on, as the kids got a little bit older, we had this uh, tradition that we would do on Christmas Eve, where we would make seafood chowder, and we would take big, you know, like a big bowl oh, of seafood chowder that's to different. people's houses. Um, and so those things I don't do anymore. So when you talk about traditions, like the chocolate, I don't even know if I could pull out of my mind how to <laughs> even think about doing it. I, and, and I, but I, it was, it was, it was fun to do. And it was really important then in my life to do it. And I hope that. So why kids, do we stop? Why do we know. stop doing traditions? Like, because all the things that made it so special. And I wonder if any of your kids do those things. Like people aren't even sending Christmas cards anymore. They're just not. If I get one more electronic Christmas card, I may have to cut my small baby toe off on my right <laughs> foot. Seriously, I don't. My kids were pretty young when I was doing that, so I'm I'm going to ask them if they remember that. I but I was p- looking through some old recipe books the other day, which who keeps recipe books? Even that's online now, right? It's all online. But I found a res- a couple recipes actually that my um, ex husband's mother, my old mother in law, who has passed away years ago. Um, passed down to me and I was thinking about how she taught me how to make fried chicken how she taught me how to roast a uh, a roast how she taught me how to make the best sparabs in the world and how she and and I was thinking about all of these things that you do pass down and isn't that like one of the things I love when somebody gives me a recipe that is generational you know these are the best cookies my great-great-grandmother made or this is the thing that you know this is how you Mm -hmm. make this fried chicken and uh, those those things actually count too. Like, and isn't it interesting that we're sitting here talking about memories of Christmas, and we started off talking about how we're dreading this Christmas. 
And and yet yeah. it's actually a beautiful time. It's been helpful. Ben. Yeah. It's actually been a helpful conversation because I think really like in the last half an hour, I've just kind of come around the corner of what it is. And I think I've been lamenting the wrong things. Right. I think I've just been too self-involved thinking about, you know, just being at home by myself when I should just be really cherishing this time i mean of of self inflection and being able to to appreciate what i have and where i've been and where i'm headed i know i i just got i just kind of was panicked about it arlene no, i was just kind of panicked about what does this look like and do i and and i think if i'm really honest feeling like a loser yeah I, I, a feeling like a loser and that's yeah. the truth yeah I, I so understand. I mean, I think like we waking both, up Christmas yeah. morning in my house by myself. Yeah. We both turned that same corner at the same time, Jan. It's very interesting because we're talking about all the memories we have. And I thought, man, I'm grateful. I have, you know, I, I, we had a, a fairly, I had a fairly dysfunctional childhood. I think everybody comes from some sort of dysfunction in their life. And yet I can still pull out these beautiful thoughts and memories of what matter to my family. And, and I can think about the things I try to do as a parent to try and, help my kids at Christmas time and and yet we we get consumed by the guilt of what we didn't do not what we did do and then we think about the future and think we're either losers because we're alone or somehow we're failing our family and you know what that's not true it's a it's a it's a period it's a day and it's not about that day it's about what you do all year and those memories that we're creating are going to stay with us forever and isn't it how, how lucky are we that we have those memories Oh, for sure. I mean, my dad was a force to be reckoned with, for sure. But he always seemed to pull himself together at Christmas. And uh, he he's the guy that always made the turkey, which always makes me kind of smile. And he always made my grandmother's stuffing, his, his mother's stuffing. And I, I, I make that recipe a couple of times a year to this day. And that was always from Christmas, watching him do that. And he used to let me help him do it. Hmm. You know, he would he would let me help him prepare stuff like that. And and for him, that was probably a big thing. He probably really had to bite his tongue because I'm sure it annoyed him. Like I really felt like as as a kid that we were just more of an annoyance to my dad than anything, which is kind of heartbreaking, but it's the truth. He didn't – he just did not know what to do with us. He had these kids and he just never – we never had these – we never had the connection I don't think that we should have had. Um. Although as the years went on and and my dad certainly in the last five or six or seven years of his life, really, I think he had a real come to Jesus moment with himself. And I think he realized that he was kind of not the best guy. And he went so far as to actually apologize to me one day. Really? Because I was, yeah, I wasn't a very good father to you, to you kids, he said, of, of all of us. He said, I wasn't a very good father. He said, I wasn't around very much. But he did and the he, best he, actually, he could. He actually said to me one day, he says, I know I drank a lot. And I'm like, oh, my God, I never thought I'd hear those words come out of your mouth. But anyway, just getting back to Christmas, he was, mm. I think he actually enjoyed it. Um, I'll never forget my, my mom and dad always had a blazing fire going in the living room. We used the living room one day a year, and it was Christmas, to open stuff. 
one day a year we were allowed to go into that living room. I don't know if your family was like that, but yeah. we just never used <laughs> our living room. Plastic on the, the, yes. yeah, the like plastic practically. covers. Yeah, practically, yeah. But my grandfather, my, my mom's uh, my mom's parents would give them money every year. They were they were retired and they would always give mom and dad like a thousand dollars cash, like in twenties. And one year my my dad burnt the money. And I will never forget the what? cluster of of confusion. Yeah, I guess it somehow got in the envelope with the wrapping paper and everyone. I just remember that Christmas memory so vividly. And we never told my grandparents that they burnt the money. But can you imagine them, how they must have felt? They looked everywhere for that money and then finally realized they burnt it. They burnt it in the envelope. Oh, my goodness. I know. That's insane. <laughs> But trust me, Christmas had a little damper on it that year because I'm sure they had a million plans for a thousand dollars. That would have been a but lot. But just things of money. like I, I haven't thought about that for forty years. Yeah, of them burning the money. Do you, do you think that they? I mean, like you know, if you if you could talk to your dad and your mom was able to have that kind of conversation mm-hmm. still with you, what do you suppose they would think about their Christmas memories of the childhood? Like, I do you think I think they would feel the same mixture that we are, which is some guilt, some beautiful memories, some you know um, melancholy about what was and and what could be, and is, mm-hmm. and that's maybe the story of Christmas is that we we can't have these impossibly perfect moments what we can have is this this connection with our families and humanity and 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 life and i know that's sounding very philosophical but i think this is the time of year to be philosophical and to think and i hope people are going to do that okay christmas has gone past i want you to tell me like one of the most i mean i just told you about my parents burning a thousand dollars in the fireplace what is like one of the biggest Christmas debacles. I always love hearing people's families' Christmas misfortunes. I think they can be so funny. Oh. <laughs> I have, like, no. um, that was a big sigh. Yeah. Oh, there's so many. All right. Well, here's, here's just a funny one, like a funny one. Um, yeah. I was I was making it was my turn to make Christmas dinner or my turn I was I I was the one that remember we were talking about on another episode about the the gal that wanted to charge for making dinner it was yes. I generally was the person who made dinner even though we couldn't really afford it um, but I, we made dinner and I had never I was I mean I was a young mom like I got married when I was nineteen so I didn't know anything about cooking or whatever right. <laughs> so I'm making dinner one of the first times I'd made a turkey. I figured I had to get up at 2 in the morning to put it in the oven because it had to be cooked for, like, you know, for a 1,000 oh, no. hours. I didn't know. Like, I didn't know how long you cook these things for. I didn't know should I put a lid on it. And I was so stressed about it because it needed it to be perfect. And I was stressed. You know, my, my in-laws were coming over. And here I had, you know, just gotten married. And I had my little kids. Were you still Mormon then? I was still Mormon then. So I, of course, made a jello salad with marshmallows. Oh, well, is it? Because that's what we did, yeah. and, and and so I wanted to make squash because my my dad and my and and my is that stepmom, a Christmas thing? Well, I I, I love my dad loves squash and I love squash and I knew he wanted to have squash, right? So I'm I'm getting I got the squash out and I had read in a good housekeeping recipe book, you know those old red and white yes. old good, the old books, right? I'd read in there that you could actually if you had back then the newfangled 
a thing called a microwave oven. You could cook. <laughs> you could cook it in a microwave oven. So I I put it in the microwave oven. Everything's cooking. I I think I've got it under control. I'm stressed to the max, thinking I've got to impress my in-laws. I got to make sure my family's happy. You know, kids are running around the house. <laughs> it's chaos, right? It's chaos. But I think it's all under control. And I, you know, I put it in the microwave. I turn the microwave on, and I I leave the kitchen to to go. You know, get dressed because it only needs a few minutes. Well, what they didn't. Well, maybe they did tell me in the recipe book, but I didn't read it. Was that you have to prick the squash with a fork or something because if you don't, the thing explodes. And so what happened? It was cooking, and honestly, God, Jet, it like literally it exploded. It blew the whole entire door off the microwave. There was squash on the walls. There was squash on the doors. There was squash on the ceilings. It was like it was. Write a Christmas song it about was the, ex- <laughs> the exploding squash. There was squash in every nook and cranny of my kitchen, oh. and then so I'm so <laughs> laughing at. We heard this loud bang, and I go right. I mean, only thank God I wasn't in with anyone in the kitchen when this well, happened. Yeah, because the door literally somebody. the door back then. You know, remember they were big old huge things. The yes. door literally blew off this microwave. <laughs> Squash exploded. So that was, yeah, that was probably the funniest cooking story. I had. It, it, it is so, I mean, if you don't know to do that, to like to pierce the skin and to give it room to breathe, yeah, it's going to blow up. But I mean, how many people out there have stories that are of equal or greater hilarity? <laughs> Share them. Of just, because a lot of times the, the first big meal you're going to cook for your family is a holiday meal. As a young person, my mom has stories about just nightmares of calling her mother-in-law constantly about what temperature this be and what what should this be and what should I do now and, you know, driving everybody crazy within earshot because you want to make a Christmas dinner. Yeah. Uh, My mom, we had a few, like, huge kind of failings, you know, initially. I just remember... um, um, just just mom screwing up recipes for things and I, I just to me those are such fond memories though like you'll never forget that that is no. just I can just see you trying to clean that all up and, and get weeks. that together it squ- does you, you, you're probably finding squash between your toes a month later like oh there it is again well and you know um, that saying don't cry over spilt milk all right. The yep. reason you cry over spilt milk is because you can have like a quarter of a glass of milk, but when it gets knocked over, you would have thought you had like dropped four gallons of milk. It's like how much milk is in a small little glass of milk? <laughs> Apparently a lot. So it's kind of like that. Squash was everywhere in our house for about a week and a half. And I feel I feel like I've told you this before about just my grandmother lifting the turkey out of the oven. And she was probably in her mid-70s, not super old. And it was a big turkey. And, and, and you know those things that you, you grab the handles in the roaster? Yes. And you're supposed to, like, lift the turkey up? Well, there was some kind of malfunction. So she's lifting that on her own because she was so stubborn, not waiting for anybody, to put it onto the platter so she could get all the gravy and stuff going in yep. the roasting pot. Well... Uh, within like two seconds, the turkey hit the floor. Oh, yeah. That's it, the, it came <laughs> off the thing and it went flank. It literally, it was like it had an engine in it because it, it slid, slid across. across the kitchen floor. And we all watched it in slow motion like it was on a skateboard going 
like past the ki- kitchen <laughs> island and then it landed under the table. So my mom sprang into action and got it, p- pushed it onto the platter. We put it back into the roasting pot and she turned the, the temperature up to like 500 degrees. And she said, well, whatever was on that turkey, whatever, well, you know, bacteria, <laughs> heat kill will kill it. <laughs> so it went in there. But I remember how delicious the, the skin was on the turkey. It was so crispy. Yeah. We, we, but it I've, sounded like a small child hitting the ground and sliding across the floor. It probably looked like it. <laughs> yeah. And that, how many turkeys slid off the out of the oven oh. on me over and over and over again. But you know what? I figured that if the people who are eating it never see it, they'll never know that. Well, we all saw it. That was the catch here. The whole family, we all sat there just like, well, there goes the turkey across the floor. And Uh, my grandma cried and cried. I mean, just her whole evening. She goes, I've just ruined everything. And, and, you know, all we did was console her. But it was such a good such a good meal. It's it's, yeah. it's still one of my favorite meals of the year. And then making is... gravy, making gravy, like and the first time you ever make gravy, you don't realize that you've got to like really have the thickener really really well mixed in, and, the, and yeah, the or first, you have dumplings, or yeah, you've got these big, <laughs> big huge chunks of flour floating in yeah. your gravy, and and uh, everything that or, burst or, in your mouth. You know the flour. You're like, oh, that was actual flour that I just put into. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and you know what's really amazing about it is, um, you you end up with this whole entire. All of those things are memories. All of those things are funny. But I always used to freak out about getting everything hot at the same time. Like you know, oh, it's like, impossible. How do you get everything to be served with uh, one oven? With one oven, right? And you blew up your microwave, so that wasn't going to help you. <laughs> My microwave. Was oh, or have you done this? I do this every year, every every damn year. Everyone eats the meal, and then you realize. Okay, the casserole sitting in the oven. It's in the it's in the warmer part, like the, whether it was the green beans, whether There's, it was the sweet potato oh, casserole. You in the oven. Some, yeah, <laughs> you're true. like or or a salad that you just you just toiled away on that was in the back of the fridge that someone had set you know six cans of Labatt's Blue in front of. Hey, Labatt's <laughs> Blue could sponsor us, um, and and. And just, and then you'd you'd open the fridge and be like, oh my! And then you know, mom was always so optimistic. She'd say, "Well, it'll be perfect to have tomorrow. <laughs> it'll be fine tomorrow." You're so right. There was always a dish you forgot. Do you remember the green bean casseroles that you take Campbell's mushroom soup? Yes, and you put they still Campbell's, make those. And then you take those um, those uh, like French's onions. Yes, French's onions. <laughs> and you sprinkle uh, them on top. Uh, mushrooms. Um, yeah, also a very Delicious. Mormon thing to make. Like all of those. Super Mormon, Super but you have Mormon. to remember too that I was raised Mormon. Yes, when I was when I was thirteen, Dad just said I resented having to go to church my whole life, and he said, "You kids can figure out God on your own," <laughs> and that was it. We never went back to church. I just, uh, but um, I remember that you guys can figure out God on your own. I was that was, I was one of the first things I found out that we had in common. When do you remember when we met at the Stampede and Carly was there, my daughter yep. and you yep. you guys were there, you were with a friend and we were yep. sitting there talking and you were and she was she was Mormon and you said, Yeah, I was Mormon and I'm thinking, What? <laughs> what? How did we have that exact same experience growing up? But I, I have to say, you know, because we're talking about Christmas. I have so much gratitude for 
any sort of uh, upbringing that has you kind of thinking about the meaning of Christmas. Whether you know you don't have to be religious and that you believe in Christ or God or、yeah. you can believe in Buddha or you can believe in whatever you want to believe in. But this this notion of of having faith that there is something larger than us out there that there's that there's a a notion to be able to give back to others at this time of year I think is incredibly well, important. Well, an intelligence, an intelligence,、uh, a force.、Um, You know that something good is out there. My 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 dad said something so cool growing up. He said theologians and scientists are walking up two different sides of the same mountain, and I always loved that take because I I you know you picture things as a kid. So I pictured you know a priest with a Bible and a crucifix climbing up one side, and on the other side there was a bespectacled white coated scientist with his glasses and a and a beaker filled with something with smoke coming out of it. And they're both walking up that same mountain of knowledge, and they meet at the top, and they're like, "Hi, hi!" And, I love you know, that. that. That we're after the same questions, and I've,、yeah. I always believed, you know, and it's probably because he instilled that in me that, you know, religion is is part science and part mythology and part faith and part hope and part, you know, fact and part fiction and I don't know. I I just I believe in everything. Whenever people ask me that, I'm like, I believe in everything. If it's something good, I I'm gonna believe in it. But I、yeah. just believe in in goodness and、yeah. and in order. Yeah. What I what I can't believe in, Jan, is not having hope that there is goodness out there. And I I I want to say to all of our listeners, a thank you for listening to us on our podcast and on our show. We really really appreciate it, and we wish you the very very merriest of Christmases, the happiest of holidays. The the best Hanukkah, whatever it is you're celebrating, we wish you the very very best. And on that note, Arlene, I agree with everything you just said. We're just so filled with gratitude, and this is a time for family and friends and forgiveness. And it's a new new dawn, a new day, and don't、uh, don't lose faith. The best is yet to come, as my mother always said. So, have a wonderful time with your family and friends, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Business of Life with Jan Arden and Arlene Dickinson, a weekly podcast and radio show. Subscribe and download the Business of Life wherever you listen to podcasts.